Mr. CB. Yo, Dunny. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a nice six months. Six months since the last QN Squared? Since the last QN Squared. Yeah, we did that eco-psychology episode, and maybe it just led us to uh, spend six months in nature, huh? Yeah, falling off. It's good to be back here, back in the chateau with you. We got the dog with us today. <laughs> we do. We got Saint. Saint. Saint just chilling. Just chilling. We're in the uh, studio at Casa de Philippe. Yeah, this is a new recording spot. Feels a little unfamiliar. Feels a little unfamiliar. But recording here allows for Saint, you know, to be out and about. Yeah, Saint's out and about in his chair. He's, uh, I mean, you can tell by his demeanor, but he loves, he's got a lot of high energy for the podcast game. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> he's kind of getting reoriented there. Yeah, I see all the energy. I feel it, too. I feel the energy. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks like he's sleeping, but he's just dreaming. He's dreaming. I, maybe he needs a headset. He, yeah. He needs some headphones throw, and a mic, man. Throw, throw the cans on? I think so. Get, <laughs> get Saint in the pod. Get Saint on the ones and twos? Yeah, no doubt. Get him in the mix. All three of us will have a variety of voices today. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're back. It's like we haven't left spending you know, two minutes talking about my dog. It's yeah. Real organic. Yeah, no doubt. Guys talking. <laughs> Guys talking. I'm looking forward to today's episode, man. I oh, think yeah. this is a really fun topic, though. What are you looking forward to? Defense mechanisms. That's yeah. fun. Defense mechanisms. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about this just before, but I'm curious about um, how you came to defense mechanisms. It's more of like a psychoanalytic, psychodynamic. And so did you cover it in theory or? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think real briefly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a huge part of our training. Even in counseling processes, we didn't really go over it much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But just kind of like, uh, yeah, theory. Yeah. So what are your ideas of defense mechanisms? Or? Uh, useful behaviors. Useful. useful. Useful behaviors to protect. Uh, always useful? Maybe not so much. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes useful. Sometimes. I guess it, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish with them. Yeah, and how, so. how pathologically you're using them. Right, right. So if the goal is for me to reduce my own anxiety, they're very useful maybe. Yeah. Um, to maybe cause a little chaos in the world or like, you know, some interpersonal strife. Very useful. Also useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that'd be yeah. kind of fun to go over because I think they get kind of like, you know, talked about just in common day language oh, yeah. by people out in the world, just referring to defense mechanisms and that sort of thing. Colloquially. Colloquially. That's a good one, man. So this then leads to another question. Um, you know, I kind of use you as my reference point for what the general populace uh, <laughs> believes about the world. Yeah. So then colloquially. Yeah. How are defense mechanisms spoken about or what's the definition? Oh, probably like as being, yeah, that's a good question. I think they probably get used as like, oh, this person was doing this thing, but like probably misdefined a lot or like the wrong word is used for the behavior, if that uh -huh. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's like, an, like a real broad understanding of them, but not a, not a real honed in understanding of okay. what word means what behavior. Yeah. Do you ever use defense mechanisms? I did once. <laughs> one time? One time. And I guess I was like three. Yeah, so, yeah, it's only been like 37 years since I last used a defense yeah, mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. recall what it was? Or? Ah, I can't remember. Probably displacement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably displacement. You, you were angry at your parents and then you threw your toy. Yeah, exactly. Took, <laughs> took it out on the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did yeah, you have I mean, like a little Ghostbusters uh, station wagon? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I did. I remember having the Ghostbusters and there was like a Ghostbuster house. But yeah, this is kind of coming back. But yeah. yeah, I think Peter and Egon really took it that day, you know, <laughs> maybe Slimer too. 
Slime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you slime him with that ectoplasma? Hit him with the ectoplasma for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just a little displacement, but I felt great afterwards. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it alleviated your internal anxiety. That's what I'm saying. Can be very useful. Yeah. yeah. There we go. But Peter and Egon. Sorry, homies. What, how would you define defense mechanism? Yeah, let's go over the definitions of defense mechanisms. So if there's yeah. kind of like a broad way that it's connoted or spoken about, um, let's, yeah, let's narrow that. So okay. there are a couple of definitions I came up with. Are you get it if we, uh, if you have the note there, can we ping pong these back and forth? Yeah, big time. You want to hit the Britannica? Yeah. Oh, man. Cody and Britannica, that's like a synonym. Yeah, same, same, for sure. Not different. <laughs> Cody and Britannica. Britannica defines a defense mechanism as a group of mental processes that enables the mind to reach compromised solutions to conflicts that is unable to resolve. The process is usually unconscious, and the compromise generally involves concealing from oneself internal drives or feelings that threaten to lower self-esteem or provoke anxiety. There's some fun words in there, man. We got mental processes, compromise, we got unconscious, we got internal drives. We got it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That enables the mind to reach a compromise. Just so. going through highlighting some of your favorite words there. Yeah. Okay. And there's an and and a the. Yeah, we're doing good, man. It's a good <laughs> definition from Britannica. Okay. I'm proud of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's another kind of a popular website. So this comes from like kind of pop psychology, but uh, very well mined. Um, it's a pretty good, well stated definition. Not a well mind. Yeah, very well. Very mind. well minded. Yeah, don't get it mixed up. Okay, don't get it twisted. Yeah, very well mind defines defense mechanisms as unconscious psychological responses that protect people from feelings of anxiety, threats to self esteem, and things that they don't want to think about or deal with. Yeah, that's a nice definition right yeah, there. Just kind of straightforward, straight shot in it. Yeah. I would say generally that's kind of maybe how people would understand a defense mechanism. Yeah. Maybe without having to put language to it. Yeah. Like, guys, that's something that people do to reduce yeah. anxiety. Well, we'll get a little more into it, but I think the initial idea of defense mechanisms uh, relies on the theory of the id, ego, and superego. So we can talk a little bit more about actually what you were talking about, how our mind tries to compromise or find ways to do mental gymnastics around things that don't line up. Yeah, so. I like that. So looks like we got psychology today next. You got that one? Yeah, for sure. This one's pretty quick, too. They just say defense mechanisms are unconscious strategies whereby people protect themselves from distressing thoughts or feelings. Yeah. Blammo. And I think uh, uh, it's important to note in um, some contemporary writing, including in psychology today, references it this way, that defense mechanisms are mechanisms aren't inherently bad this is what you were speaking to mm. um that they can allow people to navigate painful experiences or channel their energy in more productively yeah so they become problematic defense mechanisms become problematic when they're applied too frequently or for too long or create too much chaos right yeah yeah for sure that was one of my first questions when we were th first thinking about defense mechanisms is are they bad yeah. yeah. What's what's your conclusive decision? Well, at the moment, I'm thinking like maybe not all the way. Yeah. I think there's maybe some room for uh, in which they can operate in a useful way also. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm open to see if that changes. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Keep, it, keep that mind open. Yeah. Big also, time open. Yeah. I went to Urban Dictionary. Oh, come on. What do we got? Some definitions. Yeah. It's a no-go for today. Yeah. <laughs> Just a whole slew of innuendos and yeah, wildly uh, inappropriate definitions. Wildly, yeah, 
I do think somewhere in our YouTube or something, we have to indicate whether this is appropriate for people under the age of 17 or something like that. Yeah. Urban D probably doesn't. No, no. Okay, so that'd probably be like anyone under the age of 60. <laughs> yeah. So this is the stickered version. This is like just parental advisory for everybody. PG 60. PG 60. <laughs> so if you're at the age of 59, make sure to check with your folks on whether this is acceptable material or not. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, <laughs> Check in with your folks. Well, that's a bummer, man, because Urban Dictionary has informed a lot of our, uh, you know, thinking yes. about the world. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely offers a lighter lens today. Not so much a lighter lens as a very inappropriate Just lens. Just an inappropriate lens. Okay. So everyone's going to be hitting up that Urban Dictionary, checking out defense <laughs> mechanisms after this. We're not going to tell you what it is. You'll find yourself there, though. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Comment below. Yeah. <laughs> Comment below. Your favorite urban dictionary defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag beyond flag. Yeah. yeah. So then if, if the basic definition is, is, is this mental process that protects against something that feels too internally distressing. And so a, a series of responses or distortions kind of are applied. Um, let's go over like a brief history, how it first came about. Yeah, come on. That, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Can I bore you for a minute? Yeah, please do. Yeah. So the term and concept. Yep. Any guesses who, or I mean, you probably know this. Who's the uh, homie that coined it? I mean, Freud is like the the word that comes to mind. Yeah. That's what comes to so mind. This is super early. Actually, one of his earliest papers um, it, it, that he wrote in 1894, it was titled The Neuropsychoses of Defense. And this is where he first... Mm-hmm uses the term defense mechanisms and begins the early conceptualization of what defense mechanisms are. All right. Yeah. Saint's just readjusting in that chair. I think Saint heard Freud and perked up a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Look at that. Like intrigued or uh, annoyed? uh, No, intrigued for sure. Look at that. That's interest. (laughs) That is definitely interest, I would say. Without a doubt. Like interest, like that face screams interest or just Relative to a baseline saint that screams interest. I think both, maybe, potentially, <laughs> but relative to a baseline saint, that dog is interested <laughs> in hearing about Freud right now. Look at that. Yeah. So Freud came up with the concept uh, in the late 1800s, but in actuality, the concept was much more well-defined and kind of written about and explored through Anna, his daughter. And they jo- they jointly wrote a book in 1936 uh, that was titled The e- Ego and the Mechanisms of Defense. And they basically go into more detail about defense mechanisms. Um, they identify 10 early defense mechanisms. And I think, I, I believe this is mostly uh, organized in a framework by Anna. Yeah. Uh, so the 10 that they first came up with uh, included repression, regression, projection, reaction formation, isolation, undoing, introjection, turning against one's own person, reversal into the opposite, and slub- sublimation or displacement. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So Those there's some, some interesting language. ones. That, yeah, like yeah. whole phrases, right? Turning <clears throat> against one's own person. Yeah, yeah. Reversal into the opposite. Mm-hmm. And some of those actually conceptually still match the most commonly defined defense mechanisms today, but just in much clearer and more succinct language. Yeah, for sure. I remember when we were going through theory, learning about defense mechanisms, Anna was the one who essentially uh, seemed more clearly the 10 defense mechanisms were attributed to her work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think if someone were to go online and look up defense mechanisms, 
what she produced is going to be the thing that people would typically find. Yeah. I think it was an area that specifically interested her that she kind of kept working on uh, uh, more than Sigmund. Sigmundo. More than Pops? Pops. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Anna. But Freud initially, uh, as he discussed them, he saw defense mechanisms as serving to distort id impulses into acceptable forms or by blocking those impulses from consciousness. So essentially, he saw defense mechanisms as functioning to either silence the id or else work on adjusting what the id was compelling the individual to do into somehow being acceptable or understandable in some way. Okay. Yeah, so basically trying to bring the conflict between the id and the superego small enough to the point that the individual could work through the moment. Okay, oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Should we, uh, like a little light intro, id, ego, superego? Yeah, jump in. Uh, the id is? How would you fill out that blank? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Come on, Jamal. Jamal, this is your training, man. This is like... Oh, yeah. The id, I mean... A, yeah. I don't have... I don't have... Uh, I'll do my best to stumble through the language, but the id is essentially what you would impulsively want to do based on primal urges and desires yeah. in any moment. So based on appetites, greed, sex, right. uh, it's what's put forward in terms of the primal desire. The superego is the antithesis of that. That's the thing that recognizes that us as a human species currently lives within a society and tries to bring us in alignment with values that won't uh, make us an outlier to that society. So the superego operates in a way where it's trying to um, mute or stifle those id impulses to be morally acceptable. It's like idealistic. Yeah. And then the ego is kind of the reconciliation of those two. So kind of the in-between ground. The ego is the part of the self that's constantly kind of going back back and forth, balancing the conflict between those two, trying to be a good enough person, but honor what feels like primal urges and desires. Okay. Yeah, very good. Blammo. Good enough? Good enough oh, for government? Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. So then concepts around how defense mechanisms were used to resolve conflict between the id and the superego... Uh, essentially are have been further refined so as as the history of psychology has gone as we've gone come into like an era of cognitive psychology and interpersonal psychology um those concepts uh are refined to the point where contemporaneously defense mechanisms are seen more as like cognitive distortions or efforts to defend against emotional distress essentially yeah okay and uh and and they've evolved into there are 10 commonly held uh, defense mechanisms. Now there are more than that or less than that based on some theories or some traditions or based on what, uh, theoretical orientation is speaking about defense mechanisms, but there are 10 very common ones across theories and traditions. So are you, are you good if we go over those 10? Yeah, no doubt. You want to jump in with some projection? Yeah. I've never done this one either. Um, (laughs) So projection is basically is kind of when you assign your own unacceptable feelings or qualities to other people. Um, And so like a real life type example might be maybe like uh, feeling anxious about your child doing something or performing in something, but then attributing that anxiety to your child saying they're anxious about performing or doing this thing. Yeah. Suggesting your child feels anxious when you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The second is displacement. So this is the one you are familiar with. 
Yeah, yeah. But, well, Peter and Egon for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, big know, time. Yeah. You know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when you you have internal feelings mm-hmm. about one thing, one object, uh, so a person or something else in your life, and it's displaced onto someone else. Yeah. So an example of this is like if you're super angry at your boss and then you go home and take it out on your spouse or your kids or something. Yeah, very cool. I, I remember very learning cool. about... Very cool. I remember learning about... Yeah, really cool stuff. I remember learning about um, displacement and the idea behind that too is that you would displace your feelings onto an object that was less threatening. The object yeah. being the, like the person or whoever yes. or whatever. Um, so the boss would be considered more threatening than the spouse or something like that. Yeah. That Which way. is that true? Um, that's why I never use displacement anymore. <laughs> yeah. Peter and Egon were very much less threatening Safe. than, uh, yeah, whatever I was getting in trouble for, yeah, <laughs> being asked to do. So it is true. So, so a defense mechanism is ultimately meant to resolve all that internal ter- tumult, like distress and turmoil. And so it, these will be used in ways where it's going to be the outlet will be applied to whatever is least threatening or less threatening. Right. Yeah. So then the next one is denial. So it's basically just denying that something exists. Yeah. Um, and th- it's interesting if you think about denial in contrast to repression, which is one we'll cover next, mm-hmm. but there's just a, a, a level of consciousness involved in denial that's different than repression. Right. So with denial, you deny that something exists. An example of this would be being the victim of a violent crime, yet denying that the incident occurred. And there's a level of conscious awareness that it occurred, but just denying it. Just denying it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also being posed with talking about defense mechanisms, but then saying that you've never really used any defense mechanisms. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Repression that yeah. you just mentioned also. This one's important to keep in mind, huh? Yeah. You, you differentiate between conscious and unconscious. And so repression would say unconsciously keeping unpleasant information from your conscious mind. Um, like a, an example that might represent that is being abused as a child, but not remembering that abuse. Yeah. That'd be kind of common when something walks through the uh, counseling door. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll kind of cover this in a minute, but in old psychoanalytic and psychodynamic theory, there's actually levels of unconsciousness levels of subconsciousness and then levels of consciousness Mm. and in subconsciousness those are things that are near the surface of consciousness but still somewhat unconscious and unconsciousness is when it's deep down and repression is unconscious meaning pretty deeply held so not even aware there's not an awareness of it yeah just buried huh yeah and repression often occurs following either denial or suppression or both Mm, okay. Um, and then so suppression is the next one. And suppression is when you consciously keep unpleasant information from your conscious mind. So this would be like being abused as a child, but choosing to push it out of your mind. So constantly rejecting notions of it, kind of uh, stifling or muting emotions that you may feel in response to the thought as it pops up and just distracting perpetually. And that's suppression. Okay. All right. Regression is the next one. Um, and this one refers to reverting to earlier behaviors or developmentally inappropriate behaviors. An example might be like hugging a teddy bear when you're stressed, like you did when you were a child. Mm-hmm. This one's really common when uh, kids are going through their developmental stages. huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or transitional objects. Or I think adults do do this. So yeah, you may regress in what music you choose to listen to at certain times. Um, yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah, I think I just became aware of something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a defense Ooh. mechanism. Oh, dang. Okay. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. We might have talk about this later. Yeah. yeah. The next one is rationalization. Again, one I never use. Right, um, right, right, right. It's justifying an acceptable feeling or behavior with logic. So an example of this would be being denied a, a loan for your home. Let's say you got your dream house and you get denied for a loan. And then saying it's a good thing but because the house was too big anyways. Yeah, no one wants to clean that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing they didn't give me that loan. I didn't want it anyway. Yeah, that's a rationalization. Okay. Ooh, intellectualization. Also not a dunny defense. <laughs> Definitely not. Thinking about stressful things in a clinical way. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> yeah, why are you laughing? <laughs> this one feels familiar. Does it? Yeah, you use this one a lot? Yeah, I use this all the time. <laughs> This is, real, this is my go-to. Uh, Losing a close family member and staying busy with making the necessary arrangements instead of feeling sad. Yeah. Yeah. That just actually sounds like wisdom to me. Yeah, that's wisdom. <laughs> Intellect. Actualization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it. Uh, next one, reaction formation. Mm. So this is replacing an unwanted impulse with its, with its opposite. So I, I even think common terms of toxic positivity kind of represent oh, like yeah. old terms of reaction formation. Yeah. But uh, it's being sad about a recent breakup, but acting happy about it. So yeah. only focus on one side of the coin there. Yeah, yeah, I did that once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was so time. turns out a couple of times. A couple of times, man. Yeah, learning. Yeah. Regression and reaction formation. <laughs> That's me. Those are your go <laughs> Rationalization, intellectualization, those are mine. Yeah. Yeah, yours goes straight to the mind. Yeah. I go straight to, yeah. Sublimation, huh? Yeah. This is another good one. I bet you use this one too. Yeah, this one's really common, yeah. Yeah. Um, is often promoted, I would say. Yeah. Converting unacceptable impulses into more acceptable outlets. So being upset with your spouse, but going for a walk instead of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that gets, uh, I would say, taught as a coping strategy. Yeah. Like if you feel really angry, uh, scream into the pillow or something. Yeah. 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 So go for a run. Go for a run. Yeah. Yeah. When you're feeling some intense emotion. Totally. Yeah. And so that points out that a defense mechanism isn't inherently a negative thing, but it's a, it's a current momentary coping strategy. That's an indicator for the underlying emotion that still needs to be dealt with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the run may not solve that. Um, so that's where that. sublimation is a defense and not a process. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, a moment ago, we talked about the different levels of conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. So these are really tricky defense mechanisms because one question that comes up is, and even Britannica defines defense mechanisms as mostly being unconscious. And it is possible when we're using defense mechanisms, we're not aware of them, but they don't definitively remain unconscious, except for there is one that will be always unconscious when it is being used. Okay. And that is repression. Is repression. And there's one that always involves some degree of consciousness because it's an intentional reorientation, and that's suppression. Okay. And then the remaining the remaining eight can be in various stages of unconscious, subconscious, or conscious realization to them. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and so you mentioned suppression as a conscious defense mechanism, and that could look like something like distraction or avoidance yeah. is really related to that. Yeah. When this okay. thing pops to my mind, I'm going to choose to turn away from it. Okay. And that requires a degree of conscious awareness to that. So that's different than denial. It's different than repression. Right. right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So then in thinking about this, I wrote down a couple of bullet points that I think are indicators. Cause I think one question is like you, you, you're kind of joking through this, but you're saying, Oh, maybe you use me- music in kind of a regressed way in terms <laughs> of the specific definition. Yeah. And so when you come to an awareness like this, uh, it makes me think, well, how often do we all use defense mechanisms mm-hmm. and how aware are we when we use defense mechanisms? Yeah. So I thought of a few bullet points that would be indicators for defense mechanisms that may be popping up that aren't in our conscious awareness currently. Yeah. Okay. Very okay. cool. So the first one is if you develop hindsight awareness about an event about what was going on for you emotionally and how that informed the, the experience, that means that likely a defense mechanism was in place during the actual moment. So when you have hindsight awareness about, oh, I was feeling this way, that led to the way I reacted in that moment, yeah, yeah. one of these defense mechanisms may have been at play. And if you can develop awareness about which one, you can actually gain, gain clarity and insight for one of your go-tos. Gotcha. So it could even be in this moment thinking like, oh, yeah, uh, when I was really angry about this thing that was going on, I put on that music I used to listen to when I was an adolescent 18, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just channeled that blammo blammo. Okay. And, and then, and then in a way, I mean, there's so much fruit that can come from that. Cause you can say, why do I go to that era? And yeah. why was this emotion present in that area? Yeah. And why did it pop out in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So another way to understand if you're unconsciously or subconsciously using a defense mechanism is if you consistently get feedback from others, that doesn't line up with your self-perception. Then a defense could be at play in a sub or unconscious way. And yeah. so you have to reconcile, why do I keep getting this feedback across context from various people? Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, it feels very relevant to the work we do in the therapy room. Yeah. Um, and the thing I was thinking about, the tough thing there is that it, requ- it would require a degree of openness to examine those things. It like does. Defenses kind of have to be down to be open to that feedback and look at it in a sense. It, exactly. It absolutely does. And so, uh, yeah, if you become aware of a defense mechanism, a, a key question you could ask yourself is, what am I protecting against? Yeah. And if you can explore that, that may help you lower your walls yeah, right, cool. to explore something openly. Another way to assess whether you're using defense mechanisms uh, subconsciously is if your response seems disproportionate to the initial experience in hindsight. So if you're like, wow, my response was like level 10 and that experience was like a level five. Yeah. Uh, what happens there? Yeah. Yeah. And then you can ask questions around um, what was going on for me? What was the emotion about and what defense mechanism did I end up using, employing to justify my reaction? Yeah. Those yeah. are great questions. Yeah. I think of that proportional responses as a, uh, as a really useful indicator of whether def- defense is at play is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think it kind of drives us to the home run stretch here where the home run stretch. I think it's the home stretch. Home stretch. But <laughs> I like home run stretch. <laughs> very positive toxically positive yeah 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 we can just cover this right up with some positivity yeah the home run stretch so i basically invented a better (laughs) (laughs) to guard against getting it wrong yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i got it it wasn't that uh i didn't use the term appropriately is that i leveled up you leveled them up yeah yeah yeah. it's amazing that no one saw that before That would emerge in this conversation now. Incredible. The home run stretch. It's like a home run in the seventh inning stretch made a baby. 
<laughs> you got a home run stretch. Yeah. 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 So then how to use any of this? Like we've mentioned a few times throughout the episode is that defense mechanisms actually don't need to be connoted in like a, a negative framework. They actually can be super informative. Like some of those follow-up questions that we suggested uh, can bring clarity to what you commonly use when you're experiencing internal distress. And then if you can recognize that it's showing up, then you can say, oh, what's going on that's internally distressing? Yeah. And it means reconciliation or resolution. Internally. Yeah. Saint is back in. <laughs> Freud and what you can do. Saint Saint's is in. there. He's all there. Yeah, that's like a enthusiasm right there. <laughs> is that... <laughs> I think he's awake. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, are you two going to release this? Yeah, this is crap, guys. Absolute garbage. Uh, sorry, Saint, that you have to grin and bear this. He's happy. Poor Saint. Poor Saint, man. Yeah. So, so Psychology Today had an article that talked about the framing of this contemporaneous. It's actually just from August of 2023. So, Ooh. um I think a good framing of how to think about and discuss defense mechanisms and it outlines how the, the current research around coping mechanisms is very similar to uh, original ideas and traditions around defense mechanisms. So I'm just going to blast through this quote they have there. Yeah. It says in present day use though, defense mechanisms are conceptualized by those working in the psychodynamic tradition as almost synonymous with coping strategies the thoughts and behaviors that people use to manage negative affect. No one likes to experience unadulterated feelings of anxiety, self-doubt, or rage. The new view of defense mechanisms suggests using them is exactly what you should do to manage those feelings until, presumably, you are able to, at some point, examine honestly your inner turmoil. Yeah, would you be willing to summarize, like, how essentially can you use defense mechanisms? Yeah, I think we've kind of referenced a few examples today and then jokingly in the moment come up with some stuff that we've referenced. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing that really comes to mind to me is bringing your awareness to your defenses is essentially learn what those are. Mm -hmm. I think learning your defenses, once the awareness is there, then you can bring that to your decision making. You can bring that to your experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the next part of that is to learn when you're using them. Mm -hmm. So learn what they are and then learn when they're in, in process. And you mentioned also that sort of like subconscious, unconscious, and then conscious. Mm -hmm. And a big part of therapy, right, is bringing what's in the subconscious or non-conscious and bringing that to the conscious. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be part of um, how to use a defense mechanism, be learned to recognize when they're in play. And then ideally, uh, once you can recognize when they're in play, then you can also bring like a value-based intention to it. Mm -hmm. And so you can make decisions with your values in mind and what matters to you in that moment, mm -hmm. opposed to just reacting. Yeah. Um, closing the gap between using those defenses and responding out of intention is a process. Intentions. Respond with intentions rather than defenses. Yeah. Um, so that would be the kind of the, the quick and dirty, quick and nerdy uh how to use a defense. The quick and dirty about this quick and nerdy? The quick and dirty on the quick and nerdy, yeah. yeah. The Q and D on the Q and, yeah. That's kind of like getting the beef sticks at the mix. The beef sticks at the mix. Yeah, man. You got to feel it to heal it. We said yeah. hot bars. <laughs> hot bars. Yeah. Hot bars. Hot bars. <laughs> that sounds like a, as good a place as any is to wrap, <laughs> wrap up. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, when we listen back to this, what we can do is see what defenses show up 
yeah. uh, for our own selves. Huh? Yeah. How about I see what defenses show up for you and you see what de- defenses show up for you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just take a good hard look at me. <laughs> yeah. I actually like this. This sounds great. <laughs> me. Everybody look Jamie at me. Tart. Jamie Tart. Hashtag Jamie Is he Tart. saying me? Uh, that makes a lot more sense, man. I thought he was saying meat. Yeah. Good stuff, huh? All right. Well, why don't you take us out by shouting us out? No doubt. It's been a minute. Thanks for tuning in to this quick and nerdy. You can find us on the interwebs, www.beyondflag.com. Flag spelled. FLG. We are on Instagram, beyond underscore flag, FLG. We are on Twitter. Actually, X. X. Yeah. And we're not. Maybe they scrubbed us when they switched it from <laughs> Twitter to X. Who knows? Like accounts that have not been accessed in X amount of time now. <laughs> Night night. Elon Musk is like, I've had enough of this. Yeah, we have no storage space, no server space for these nerds. Yeah. So maybe we've got scrub from X. Who knows? Check us out on Instagram or the web, though. Yeah. You can also check out any of our other podcasts Beyond Flag, Crossing the Chasm, Brian Peterson, or The Build Up with Julia Hanlon and Molly Seidel. Yeah. All right. We'll take care. Loveys. Did you, did you, uh, with the funky monkey? So, one of the things you did the last six months was play on a few oh, like, yeah. softball teams. Come on. With, called the funky monkeys. Did yeah. y'all experience a home run stretch? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we, no, we did not. What's the, what's the number of wins? What's the record overall for in, all seasons? In two seasons? Yeah. I think we play eight games each season. We played two seasons. So, this one, we actually pulled a win out. Uh, so one in 15. <laughs> Yeah, but let me didn't tell you. Didn't one though. get rain canceled altogether? Some of them got rain canceled, but yeah. then rescheduled. Yeah, we lost all those and had to forfeit one because not enough people showed up. Um, yeah, we lost. So it's like one and fourteen and one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if we had all shown up, we would be two and fourteen. Yes, oh, correct. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Won that one. Big time, <laughs> big time winning. Yeah, it's surprising, man, that we only have one victory. I would say that when we did make that victory, the level of excitement was disproportional to the to yeah. the to the experience itself. Also, yeah. your confidence that that would have been another win is a reaction formation. Where your lack is. of hope for a win is being <laughs> yeah, replaced by the actual statement of confidence. Yes, there it is, man. See, defense is at play. That way I don't have to make contact with what it's like to really be on the Funky Monkeys when it comes to a win-loss type situation, you know? When it comes to a social fun? Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah, we're... Lights out. Lights out. Having a lot of fun out there, yeah, for sure. Un- unbeaten. Unbeaten, man. Funky monkeys. There was one team that had a had a Bluetooth stereo in the dugout, and I think they got close to our social, <laughs> um, you know, prowess. Yeah, but not close. quite. Yeah, yeah, close. This is a close one. Close, but not quite. Yeah. yeah.